work with. I was trying to practice it on my niece, which she's already a believer this past Saturday after my nephew's football game. And uh, she wasn't having it. She, she was more focused on her boyfriend and hanging out. So uh, my dad, he steps up. He goes, here, show me. And, you know, I've been praying for my mom and dad, uh, you know, a long time. <laughs> uh, they, they've been backslidden and at war with God for over 30 years, you know. And so I just sat down with my dad and was going through the steps. And, you know, it, it led him to uh, accepting Christ again. So, and to put the icing on the cake, uh, my my sister, she's already a believer, but she had no idea what her identity in Christ was, so we have a tool that we use to show that as well. And then uh, right after that, my mom gave her life too. So, it was a good Saturday. Come on, that's exciting. How many would love to see your parents get saved if they're not saved, amen? Oh, someone else, someone else raised their hand. Just a couple more. Um, you know, been been just praying that um, I wanted to be bold enough to pray for people, and and not just at church, you know, but when I'm out, you know. And so I was at work, and this this girl, she came, and she was at work, and she had a knee brace on, and. I was like, how long you been wearing a knee brace? She was like, oh, well, this is my first day. And and um, so I told her, I was like, well, I can pray for you, you know, and it can be healed and you don't have to wear the knee brace anymore. And I was like, because, you know, I had a knee injury and I went to church and got prayed for and, you know, I've been playing on it ever since without a knee brace and it's just been amazing. And she was like, well, I like that. You know, and so I, I work with one of my best friends, and so I called him. I was like, hey, let's pray for her, you know, and so he came over. We prayed for her, and she came back, and that was last week, and then she came back yesterday night or last night and was like, hey, I haven't had to wear my knee brace ever since, you know, and so it's been amazing. Amen. Amen. That's what it's about, at work. One more. One more quick one. Someone else. Johnny, raise your hand too, so I'll let you. And that'll be it, okay? For about two years, I was a major caffeine addict. As in two monsters a day, plus energy shots and a liter of caffeine in the Coke variety. It was entertaining, but after a while, I couldn't do it anymore. It started to kill me. I could feel times when my heart would just stop moving. My pulse would cease. And I would still be conscious, and I don't know how, except by the grace of God. I stopped, and for a month I prayed on my own to get healing, to see if my body would recover. And I didn't get it. I told pastor about it, and he prayed for me, told me what I needed to do to take care of it. Next morning I woke up completely healed. Praise God. Ever since, huh? Amen. I just thought we had one or two. These are good ones. I like to thank God for all of y'all. And I got a lot of things to thank him for, but um, I was telling Pastor Andrew the other day. <clears throat> um, Jalen had a birthday recently, and he got a, light, a nice little lump sum of money for a kid. So he was like, uh, he should calculate what he should tithe and all that. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to put $10 in there. And his ties was only probably like five dollars or something like that, or two fifty. 
but he wanted to put 10 in there just to show he, his obedience to the Lord. And I believe that's all from y'all praying for us. So thank y'all. You praise God. That's awesome when those kids do that. Amen. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 15, if you would. I have something I know I know it's going to be at least for one person here tonight. Amen. I don't know if it's you or somebody else, but it's going to help somebody. How many know, maybe you saw the Instagram post or it'll be up there on the screen in a second about, we're going to talk about joy, but how many know, you don't have to answer, that there's a big difference between joy and happiness, a big difference. And if you don't know what that difference is, I want you to, I want you to know it tonight. And, and knowing that is going to help you in your walk with God. It's going to help you in your thinking. It's going to help you in your situation that you're in. And I just want to quickly read John 15, 11. And it says, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Okay, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So we're here on a Wednesday night. I had a couple testimonies. I did that on purpose, not only because I wanted the testimonies, but because sometimes we hear testimonies, and we might not be having a testimony. And so we're kind of down, or we're kind of thinking, man, when's my going to happen? How many have ever had a testimony given? Maybe it was something financial, something physical, any kind of testimony. Maybe just what Brian said about his parents. You hear something. We just had a really good variety there. We had a healing, two healings. A boldness in the healing, a healing, parents getting saved, and a kid learning. Okay, so you hear those things. Someone could sit back and say, Man, when is my kid gonna learn? Someone could sit back and say, Man, when when's my family members gonna get saved? Someone could sit back and say, Man, when when's God gonna hear my prayer? When am I gonna be able to pray for someone and see him get healed? And 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 when when is God gonna heal me? And so you you could sit there as human beings and hear those things and 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 ask that question. You might think, what does that have to do with joy? What does that have to do with happiness? The big difference is, is joy is something God gives. Happiness is something you get. Happiness comes from things you have or don't, or, 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 or have gotten that you wanted from a, a, an emotional state of your own. I could have given definitions if I wanted, but it, it comes from you having something and, 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 and your, your happiness is based on something physically tangible whatever and, and 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 if that thing is taken away you would lose your happiness if, if you were given something and you lost it if you were given a hundred dollars and you needed that and you got all excited you'd be happy no one's ever i've never seen someone not be happy if they get a hundred dollars i've never seen anybody get mad unless they were supposed to get a thousand right <laughs> but if, if someone gave you a hundred dollars you're gonna be happy but just as quickly as you're happy by getting that hundred bucks, you can be real sad if you lose it, right? Or, or if you misspend it or someone steals it or something like that. So something you get gets you happy. But if that thing that makes you happy is taken away or breaks or is lost or is stolen, then your happiness goes with it. How many are following me? Joy comes from God joy is something that God gives that does not have anything to do with what you have or don't have physically 
materially, financially. It's something that comes, and, and this is what I want you to notice, and I'm going to go into something else here. He says there, in that same verse, I want you to notice, he says, my joy. He didn't just say joy, but he said, my joy. And one of the reasons a lot of people don't make it for God like God wants them to is because they haven't had a revelation of what the joy of the Lord is. And, and we base, again, as human beings, we base our happiness too much on our things and our circumstances. And so a lot of times a Christian, and not, not correctly, but a Christian is, is on a roller coaster ride emotionally. And, and, and sometimes on a Sunday they'll come in and they'll be super excited and they'll be super happy and they'll be super, super um, uh, emotional and, 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 and they'll be high-fiving and they'll be jumping up and down and they'll be praising happy and clapping happy and giving happy and singing happy. And then another Sunday they come in and everything's I just said, it's negative and sad. And, and God didn't change. Jesus still died for their sins. Jesus is still coming again. Jesus still forgave all their sins. But they're, they're down the next week because what they needed or wanted or desired didn't happen or what they had and desired that they had, they lost. How many are following me? When you watch somebody and you say, man, why is that person always happier, always joyful? Or why is that person, if you watch people, if you're a person, people part, watcher like I am, you watch people and you, and you say, how come, how come it seems like no matter what they're going through, they're always the same? And I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about in general. They're always, they always seem to be just, just straightforward and it doesn't seem to go up and down. I can tell you that the answer to that is that someone has learned that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, well, how do I get the joy? This is, this is what I want you to see. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 1. I, w I was going to stay a little more in John, but I'm not going to tonight. But if you'll read John 15 later, as you go to Philippians, I want to show you just a quick, easy example tonight about how and what I'm trying to say in, in the Scriptures. But Jesus is saying, okay, in his Scripture, my joy I give to you. Jesus fulfilled what he was supposed to do on this earth, and the Bible says that it was a joy to him to suffer. If you relate happiness, just follow me on this and don't, don't misunderstand. If you relate happiness to Jesus, you're, you're looking at it wrong. Jesus was not happy to die on the cross. He was joyful because he understood that the reason he came to this earth was for a purpose. Brian mentioned that his sister found her identity. When you find your identity in Jesus, when you find out who you are in Jesus, when you find out who Jesus is in you, when you find out what your purpose is in this life, it, your, your joy does not shake and go up and down anymore. It's unstep, unstoppable and unshakable because you realize that my joy comes from the Lord. My strength comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from any circumstance I'm going through, and this is something that has to be caught by the Spirit. It sounds weird. It sounds even good, maybe, but you're saying, I don't know if I... You have to catch it. It has to happen. It has to happen inside of you. Something has to happen inside of you where you fall so in love with Jesus 
and nothing else affects that nothing nothing else affects that amen nothing else affects that it doesn't matter if the tornado comes or earthquakes happen or people die or things are lost it don't matter because Jesus Christ has not changed and that's why that verse comes to life when it says Jesus is the same yesterday he's the same today and he'll be the same forever amen he does not change regardless of our circumstances changing we'll wake up one day and be in love with our spouse and the next day hate him but Jesus don't change come on we'll wake up one day and come into church and go right and some next Sunday we come in next service we come in and go left but Jesus doesn't change change messes us up I didn't do this as an object lesson by the way that would be a lot of work for an object lesson but it made me think you know we come, we're, we're creatures of habit and I really do even Desi mentioned I wish we could have had a camera and then we could just show it for the first 10 minutes people walking in and I don't know if anybody walked into the door but or tried to push it someone might have been so busy so preoccupied or so coming straight in but change is difficult for us but it doesn't matter if, if we paint the colors of the wall or, or if we change the name of the church or if we change the walls Jesus doesn't change it doesn't matter if my wife wakes up grouchy one morning or I wake up grouchy one morning or we have a, too many bills or how many follow me it doesn't matter Je Jesus doesn't change and I'm going to get to this in a second so Jesus said if you have my joy and my joy abides in you your joy will be full but if you'll read that John 15 later it all talks about the vine and the branch and that we're supposed to abide in Jesus meaning we don't let go of him how many know it's so we're so caught up in the world sometimes that things happen and the first person we let go of is God we, we, get, we get to where, you know, we've got our hands on God as a, kind of as a picture. And then, you know, if that wind starts to blow and we take our hands off and put on something else, don't ever take your hands off God. He's the last thing. Never take your hands off God. But we as people, the first thing we do is we stop coming to church. First thing we do is stop praying. The first thing we do is stop tithing. The first thing we do is stop reading the Bible. We stop doing all the things that we know are we're supposed to do and bring us strength and, and joy and grace. And that's the first thing we do is stop doing that when we should be the opposite. When we begin to go through trials, we should be reading more. When we begin to go through trials, we should be praying more. When we go, begin to go through trials, we should be going to church more. We should be fellowshipping more. We should be falling in love with Jesus more. And that's really what God wants. Sometimes when God removes something from you, he's testing you because he wants to see if your joy or your happiness comes from him or from your things. When we become less, less attached to things, we become closer to God. Amen? So look at what Philippians says. Let me get there real quick. Chapter 1. what then Paul says what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is preached and in this I rejoice now rejoice is another word for joy in this I rejoice yes and will 
rejoice. In what? He didn't mention anything carnal. He didn't mention anything material. He, 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 he mentioned Jesus. I preach Jesus. I love Jesus, he's saying. And he says, as long as we're talking about Jesus, I'm good. Have, has anybody ever told you you talk about Jesus too much? That's a good thing to have be told you. Has anybody ever told you you post too much about Jesus? You talk too much about Jesus? Everything's about Jesus. That's the way it should be. Amen. That's the way it should be. You should, they should be talking so, you should be talking so much about Jesus, they get tired of it. Why do we talk so much about it? Because we talk about what we're passionate about. People talk what they're passionate about. Now, I want to kind of bring this to understanding for us relating to Paul. Paul, Paul, Jesus said the first part, but now Paul is saying, I rejoice in Jesus. We know many scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The book of Philippians, watch this, is amazing because it was Paul's first visit to prison. He wrote this book in prison, locked up. Okay, catch this. He wrote the book of Philippians locked up in chains, but he mentioned the word joy 16 times. 16 times. Where someone would say he was in the worst moment of his life, he was the most joyous. How hard is it for a believer, just getting you to think tonight, how hard is it for us to say and look back on a part of our life that was really ugly and really sad maybe or really hard and be able to say, that was one of the best times of my life. Someone's going to catch this. Why? Because we can go through those things so in love with Jesus that they don't affect us. Because my strength comes from the joy of the Lord. Because my, my relationship is not based on my circumstances. It's based on who Jesus is. So he writes this entire book of Philippians and talks about joy 16 times. It's mentioned more in this book than any other book in the Bible. Joy. He doesn't say, I'm so happy to be in prison. I'm so happy that I'm in chains. I'm so happy that I'm being afflicted. He says, it is a joy. What did James say? He said, I count it all joy when sufferings abound. Now, this is, a, this is kind of a little bit different than most of the messages I preach because I'm saying this real slow because I, I want this to marinate in your mind and your spirit. I want you to catch this because a lot of times we read scriptures and it sounds good. We quote them count it all joy when sufferings abound. Oh yes, I count it all. We say that and don't even know what it means. Sounds good. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We say it, we sing it, we quote it. But is he? I'm not saying that in a mean way. But is he? Is the, is the joy of the Lord your strength? Do you count it all joy when sufferings abound? If you're saying no, I got something for it. You can what is it going to take? Is it going to take like, like years? Is it going to take um, a whole bunch of things I got? No, you just got to fall in love with Jesus. Sounds simple, but that's all you got to do is just fall in love with Jesus. Because we, this, is why, this is why the devil wants, wants to get us so caught up in, in, in things. And, and we get so caught up in debt. We get so caught up in our job. And we, 
all those things are good. No one ever says it's working and job and things are bad. It's when those things drive us. And, and, and God sometimes wants us to just, not sometimes, always, wants us to stop and, and think about him and realize what, when I get up in the morning, what's pushing me? What's driving me every morning? Because if I get up in the morning and what drives me is my job or what drives me are my kids or what drives me is my relationship with my wife or what drives me is the game I'm going to watch or the hobby I'm going to do or the things I'm going to enjoy. If those are the things that drive me, I'm not in love with Jesus. How many want to be in that place with your walk? That you're so in love with Jesus that you can actually have that revelation and that all of a sudden now that, 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 that verse that says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How many have ever seen somebody go through something really, really hard and you've been amazed of how positive they are and how happy they are and how in love with Jesus they are. Sometimes, you know what? That's why, let's think about this. That's why the world hates us so much. Come on. That's why the world hates us. God, Jesus said, you'll be hated for my namesake. Because when we're doing it right, when we're living the right way for God, we're bringing glory to Jesus' name in the worst times, in the hardest times, in the most difficult times, in the most lacking times, and people cannot understand how we are so happy. Why we have so much peace. Why we can go through things. Why we can have cancer. Why we can be sick. Why we can be in the hospital. Why we can go through all these things and say, well, I know the Lord's going to bring me out. I know the Lord's going to bring me out. I know the Lord's going to do a miracle. I know the Lord's going to do something. That drives the world crazy. Why? Because they can't understand it. it. We're on a different level when we're walking the way God wants us to walk. We're not down here with everybody else. We're up here. Not because we're better, but, but, but because we understand who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. And in John 15, he says, he says, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. And, and a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody about things they're going through or struggles or whatever, and I, and I look at this the same thing in my life, when I recognize somebody who's really struggling in their walk with the Lord and, and things and life, because listen, let's be honest, things and life and situations can be a pain and can be bad and can get us down if we let it. But this scripture, these scriptures are telling us that we shouldn't let it. That if we have a, the, see, see that first word up there? What does it say? Choosing the life of joy. Every morning when you wake up, it's not like a, like a, 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 a motivational thought. It's, it's a decision in your spirit that says, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ is bigger than the circumstances I'm going through right now. I choose to believe that Jesus said in his word in John 16 that have peace because yes, you'll have tribulation, but I have what? Overcome the world. It's where we get from beyond thinking that we know that we believe in Jesus and really believing in Jesus. Not just, not just quoting it because the thing that we got to realize and remember is 
and there's nothing wrong with making a post. There's nothing wrong with making a statement. It, it, it's, it's what, what, what we really want is once we've made a post or made a statement or told somebody or called somebody, we want to be in that car. Most of us drive. We want to be in that car driving with nobody else around and having an assurance that I believe what I just said. How many are following me? It, it's, it goes beyond the church doors. It goes beyond the prayer meeting. It goes beyond uh, reading your Bible. It's that moment when no one else is around and the little carnal thought says, do you really believe that? Do you really believe? Come on. Do you really, really, really way down deep inside? Do you really believe Jesus is coming back? Do you really believe he died for you on the cross? Do you really believe that he's bigger than the problem you're going through? Come on. Does anybody else have that battle? Does anybody else have the devil speak in your mind, in your head, and, and question those things with you all the time? But the real answer is when we can answer back and say, yes, I do and I'm not saying it so someone else sees me say it I'm in my car by myself and I'm saying yes I do believe and joy can come upon me in a way that doesn't make any sense and I can be crying tears of joy driving down the road with no money in the bank and sickness in my body and hell breaking loose and, all, and I don't even know why I'm happy but then I remember yes I do because Jesus overcame this he overcame this problem. He overcame this sickness. He already defeated this problem, this financial thing. It's done. I just got to walk it out. So I choose the life of joy. But see, that's not just putting on a smiley face. That's not like Pastor Paul said Sunday morning, you know, coming in from the argument in the car and putting the smiley face on. That's, that's not choosing joy. Choosing joy is really inside believing what I say I believe. Amen? Let's look what it says there in Philippians 4, verse 4 and 5. You know what happens when this revelation comes on? When, this, when the light bulb comes on with a message like this? You get full of joy. Now, I'm not talking about y'all just laughing, you know, to laugh or be. Laughter is great. I'm talking about something that doesn't even have to I'm not even talking about the showing on the outside how many follow me that, that'll come yeah that'll come I mean you what's on the inside will come on the outside but I'm not talking about even something that somebody else picks up on it's something you have inside that no one can take away okay Paul is in this prison cell and he is writing these words 16 times joy joy. I rejoice. How? How in the world is he writing these words? Because he has something that the jail cell can't take away. He has something that the soldier that's guarding him can't take away. He has something that the world tried to take away but can't take it away. And it's joy. But it's not something that I give you or that you give me. You can't walk around and say, I give you joy. We can say, hey, I wish you were happy. People say, I want to be happy. Watch this. I can say, I want to be happy. People say, I want them to be happy. We say that all the time. We say, I, I, I just want them to be happy. Don't we say that all the time? I just want them to be happy. You know, you can't say, I want them to have joy. You can desire it, but you can't give it to them. Because God is the only one 
will give joy. That's the difference between happiness and joy. Joy comes from the Lord. Happiness comes from us. But what comes from the Lord can't be taken away. Someone can make you happy. Again, let's go back to that $100 bill. If I had a $100 bill right now and I passed a $100 bill to all of you, you would start smiling. You'd start thinking about what you could spend it on or what you were going to go eat after or what you needed to buy or how that just meant a need. You could do all kinds of things. But just as quickly as you were happy, I could take it right back. I'd say, psych. Does that word still exist? Okay. <laughs> It does for this generation. Psych. Right? I could take it back just as quick. You know what? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm, I know some people have been through some mean things. Probably had some nice things given to you and taken away for a joke. God doesn't do that. God doesn't give us joy and then take it away. He says, if you have my joy, your joy will be full full. Amen. Watch what Philippians 4 says. Rejoice in the Lord when you have positive amount of money in your bank. Rejoice in the Lord when your marriage is good. Rejoice in the Lord when you don't have any pain in your body. Rejoice in the Lord when the weather's the way you want it to be. Right? I mean, we just, we could go on and on. What does it say? Always. And so we say, oh yeah, come on man, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. But who's writing this? I'm not writing this. The man that's writing this is in prison. That's what we do. We say, man, every, sometimes it's not even on purpose. We just say, that pastor don't know what I'm going through. That preacher don't know what I'm going through. That person don't know what I'm, oh, they tell me these things, but they don't know what I'm going through. Well, this guy knows what you're going through and some because he's in prison. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He says, have joy always. And again, I say, have joy. But how do we get joy? Relationship with Jesus. Loving Jesus, talking to Jesus, growing with Jesus. It says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He goes on later in that chapter to say, I know what it is. This should be the testimony of all of us tonight. This should be the thing we would all be able to say. I know what it is to have something. I know what it is to have nothing. But whether I have something or I have nothing, I love God. Amen. Whether things are good or bad, I love Jesus. I'm not going to ask who this message is for, but I believe at least one person is getting something out of this. This is a message that if you'll carry it in your pocket, it'll bring you joy when there shouldn't be joy. I like to, What I like to do is I like to think about where I should be. When things begin to get bad, I was telling Destiny, and I might have repeated this because I preached a lot last week, so I don't know if I was here or there. But if I was here, sorry. She was mentioning she has a really hard class in her senior year. Senior year is supposed to be easy. It was for me, thank God. And she had this really hard class, and she's wishing she'd have taken it before her senior year. 
And I'm talking homework every night, studying every night, tests like crazy, so she's stressed out about it. And we were just driving on the car one day, and I just told her, you know what, when those bad things happen, when you have a, a test that's really hard or a class that's really hard, just take your mind somewhere else and think, this could be so much worse. This could be really, I could, I, how many kids, I told her, how many kids in the world wish they could take a test? How many kids wish they had a senior year? Right? How many are following me? That's, that's what we choose the life of joy. You, you can't do anything about what's given to you or the deck of cards that's handed to you or, or what, where you were born or none of that stuff. But you can choose to have joy. And that joy comes from Jesus. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. As the magicians are coming tonight, how many know that that verse comes from the book of Nehemiah? And in that book, he's really excited, really excited. You can read it later in chapter 8. And the reason he's excited, watch this, is not because he won the lottery. And not because he had gotten a new house. And not because he had been given a new chariot with Clydesdale horses. None of that. It was nothing material. You know why he was excited? Because people were listening to him preach. He was talking about the Lord and people were happy. They gave him a platform. It was the first pulpit. They built the platform for him to preach from. And people gathered around people were excited to listen to him talk about the Lord you know when you really find joy in the Lord you know when you really find excitement in serving God when, when you get excited about people asking you things about the Lord I can't speak for you but that's me listen I love sports and I love to talk about them and I love to talk about life but listen I can talk about God 24-7 I don't ever get tired about talking about God amen I don't ever 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 get tired about talking about my Lord, ever. He's, it doesn't mean that I, that's all I do. I, I, I do other things, but he's everything. Is he everything to you? Is he, listen, you can sit down and talk to someone for five minutes and know what they're passionate about. Jesus got to come out. Hopefully, if you sit down with someone for five minutes, they're going to find out you love Jesus. Amen? And the joy that comes from talking about the Lord. That's what Nehemiah did. They gave him a pulpit. They gave him a platform. He started preaching. And he was, just, he was like a kid in a candy store. He said, I can't believe all these people are listening to me. He put in all this work to build the wall. He did all these different things. And then they said, we want to listen to you talk about God. When the joy is strong in your life, people are going to come and ask you, why? Why are you so happy? They're going to say happy. Why are you so happy? And you're going to say joy of the Lord is my strength because I realize I'm just passing through let me realize that tonight that's not a statement that's not cliche we're just passing through this is not our home we're not even citizens of this world we're just passing through so no matter how bad things get or how ugly things get this is not my home this is not it listen if this was it we'd all be sad no one would have joy how do you think Paul, Paul could write those words 16 times in the book of Philippians? How could he do that if he didn't have something beyond the cell wall? 
Amen. He had something to look forward to. He knew that this was temporary. And, and, and then he went back to prison, and he went back to prison, and he went a bunch of times, and he realized every time, this, this is just temporary. This is not my home. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing, he says. See, we, we hear these words. A lot of us quote it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything give give thanks to God and make your supplications known to the Lord and we, we, we quote these scriptures but we don't realize that the guy that was writing that was going through some real trouble he's saying don't be anxious don't, don't let those problems get you he says but everything by prayer and supplication he says with thanksgiving see I said joy 16 times but you know he mentioned thanksgiving a whole bunch of times he mentioned rejoice a whole bunch of times he says, let your requests be made known to God. And he says, in the peace of God. You know what you have tonight besides joy that this world cannot give you is peace. 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 The Bible says that passes all understanding. How many have ever had that? Come on, you. Don't make any sense. There's no way I should be peaceful right now. God's giving me a peace. Paul is in prison. He's, he's worried. He's, he's, he's physical by, see, all these things he's writing, he's physically them. He's physically anxious. You can't be in prison and not be anxious. You're locked in a room. He's, he's, he's worried. He's, he's physically not good. He's, his mind's thinking all kinds of things. But he says, no, I'm going to take captive those thoughts. I'm taking captive those thoughts. And I'm going to bring them into the subjection of God and the subjection of Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But my strength comes from the joy of the Lord. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is what changes me. Your word is what transforms us tonight. Your word is what gives us life and health and Lord, it teaches us, God, that no matter what we're going through tonight, God, you're bigger, you're better, you're stronger, you've overcome. Lord, I know the desire of every single one of us in this place tonight is that we would have the joy of the Lord and that would be our strength and that we would have peace that passes all understanding. But sometimes, God, we don't get it because, Lord, we're too busy thinking about too many other things. We just need to get our minds back on you the author and the finisher of my faith and the peace of God will pass which passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus how many tonight all over this place don't know Jesus personally relationship in love with him he's everything to you that 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 chapter of John 15 says he if we abide in him he'll abide in us but if we don't abide in him it's not that he left it's us we have to stay by him we don't run when the problems arise we stay close to the Lord draw unto me and I will draw unto you God says 
If you're here and you're not saved and you want to know Jesus tonight, just put your hand up and put it right back down and say, pray for me. I'm not saved. God sees your hand, young man. It's not about a repetitious prayer. It's not about a saying. It's not about a head knowledge. It's about a relationship with Jesus. When you are born again and when you give your life to Jesus wholeheartedly, all of a sudden things begin to make sense that never made sense before. If you're listening to this message and inside you're thinking, man, why didn't I get that earlier? Why haven't I grasped that? It's because the devil's fighting you and your spirit is being attacked. But tonight you can say, no more, I'm going to accept this as truth for my life. I'm going to begin to have fruit. How many could say I'm backslidden tonight? I'm running not on purpose, but I'm finding myself further and further away. Running from God. Instead of running to Him, I'm running from Him. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. That's, that's what the flesh wants you to do. That's what the world wants you to do. That's what the devil wants you to do. But he says, draw nigh to me and I'll dry, draw nigh to you. We have to make the first move. God never moves. There's no variance in him. He doesn't, he doesn't leave. We leave. That prodigal son left his father. His father didn't leave him. So we say, God, I, I need to come back. I've drifted. I'm coming home, and God always has his arms wide open to receive us again. Always, always, always. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. This is a, this is a good challenge for us tonight is the joy of the Lord my strength? Am I, am I too easily moved by things, situations, circumstances? Only you can answer that question. Examine yourself tonight. Say, Lord, do, do I, am I like that? Do I, do I go up when things are up? Do I go down when things go down? And if that's the case, you say, Lord, I don't want to be like that no more. I don't want to be that spoiled child that's only happy when you give me candy. I want to love you no matter what. I want to love you regardless of what's going on because I know that no matter what I'm going through, it's just a test. And it'll pass. It's just a storm. The sun will come out again. My joy, my happiness is not based on what I have. It's based on something nobody can take away from me. And that's salvation. That's the cross. Amen. Man, it's Wednesday night. I want everyone in this place tonight, by the time you walk out that door, to be full of the joy of the Lord. Amen? To be full. He says, if you get my joy, it's a joy the world can't give. It's a peace the world can't give. How many have finally rec recognized that? Amen? You recognize how you ran and ran and ran, and then all of a sudden you're like, why in the world did I run to everything but God? It cost me a lot of money and a lot of headaches and a lot of relationships and now I'm here and I'm not never run I'm never running away from him again never again amen I'm always going to run to the Lord amen as we sing tonight let's open up the altars let's just spend a few minutes in the presence of God tonight that your joy may be full tonight these things I've spoken to you my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full 
Let the joy of the Lord be your strength tonight. Give your heart, surrender your heart to Jesus tonight. I give it all, Father. I give it all. I give it all to you, Jesus. I'm not holding anything back tonight. Oh, we feel your presence in this place. We know your presence is here and it's real tonight, Jesus. Oh, God, let your joy be my strength, Father. Oh, let my light, my life depend on you. Oh, this is personal. They're singing, but you talk to God on your own. You, you talk to the Lord. You, you, you tell Him how you feel. You tell Him what you want tonight. And hopefully your desire is that God would be that source. God, you be my strength. God, you be my joy. God, you be my happiness. It's not based on things. It's not based on relationships. It's on you, Jesus.
Just begin to worship him tonight. Just begin to worship him for who he is, not for what he has, not for what you need, not for what you can get from him, but just because of who he is. I love you, Lord, because you first loved me. I love you, Lord, because you're king, because you're master, because you're my savior. I love you because you're real. I love you because you're virtuous. I love you because you're mighty. I love you tonight, God. With all that I am, Lord, I love you. I worship you. Open this up to us and show us. Show us tonight who you are. Lord, let us be content. Let us be content tonight with what we have. With what we have, God. Oh, Jesus, we praise your name. Oh, just keep your eyes closed. Stay in an attitude of worship tonight. Oh, we worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you tonight, God. Lord, on this Wednesday night, Father, we want to receive from you. Let's sing, send your rain. As we sing this song, I want you to, I want you to understand what I'm trying to tell you. When I say, Lord, we worship you. And Lord, we want to receive from you. Listen closely. We're not asking for something material we're so needy in this world physically and that's normal we need food we need clothes we need gas we need money we need we need we need but when you get to the place where you want God more than you want things that's where true joy comes from that you'd rather be in his presence than anywhere else. And you're not just saying that because it sounds good. You mean it. That's where true joy comes from. That you'd rather be in church. You'd rather be in his presence. You'd rather be around godly people than anything else. So tonight as we close in this service and we say, God, I want you. I want you. I need you. I love you. Not what you can give me. I just want you. God will do something amazing. He'll do something amazing in you tonight. And you'll remember these moments at church when you're by yourself and you're at home or you turn the radio off or you turn the TV off and you just lift your hands to God and you just worship him. And he comes into your room. He comes into your car. He says, I'm real. I'm not real just at church. I'm real now. I'm real in your deepest, darkest, hardest times. I'm real. Send your rain tonight, God. Refresh us tonight, God. We need it tonight as your people, Father. Send your rain. Send your rain.
about what you need to do tomorrow. Don't think about next week. Just think of Jesus. Just see him glorified tonight. See him risen from the dead. See him as the author and the finish of your faith and the peace that you need. Send your aim. Send your aim. Oh, God's touching some people tonight. Send your rain, oh Lord, to your people, to your people. Send your peace, send your peace, oh Lord. Send your peace, oh the peace that passes all understanding. Send your joy, send your joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Send your joy, send your joy, to your people, to your people. All we receive from you tonight, God. Worship you tonight. Send your joy. Oh, send your joy. Oh, send your joy. To your people. Sing that again. Send me your joy, Lord. Send your joy, spoken to you that my joy 
may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What things has he spoken? As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. The reason Jesus could go to the cross and the reason it was joyous is because he was doing what God, his Father, wanted him to do. When you're doing what God wants you to do, there's joy. That's why we're so miserable when we don't do what we're supposed to do. Because it's the opposite of joy. It's grief. But when our heart's right and our heart's pure and we're seeking God and we want to do what we're supposed to do and we obey his commandments, he says, these things I've spoken, my joy will remain in you. When you're doing what I ask you to do, doesn't mean he loves you less. It just means his covering's all over you. His peace is all over you. And your joy will be full. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you tonight that we can confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And because you died and because you rose from the dead, we are saved. Not by any works we can do, but by grace, by believing that you are who you say you are tonight. Father, as we go out of this place, we pray for the children. We thank you for the word that they've received tonight, God. And we ask, Lord, that their joy would be full. And, Lord, that in the house tonight, God, we would know that your presence is real. And, Lord, we would know that no matter what we go through, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Father. And, Satan, you are defeated. You're a liar and the father of all lies. We don't listen to you. We don't heed to you. We don't obey you. We will not listen to your lies or deception because we know that the word of the Lord is our authority tonight. And if Jesus said he's overcome the world, then he's overcome the world. And if Jesus says he gives peace that passes all understanding, he gives peace. And if he says we can be full of his joy, we're full of his joy tonight. Regardless of what you try to do to us, because Jesus is greater. Greater is he that is in us than the devil that's in this world. Father, take us out of here tonight to preach, to witness, to be lights. Count us worthy of your return, God. Give us the joy that is serving you and living for you and loving you tonight, Father. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in the joy of the Lord tonight. Amen. Love on somebody. Show them on the outside what God has done on the inside tonight. Amen. God bless you.